Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. All right, welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, what's the weather like today? I'm. It's rainy and hot. It's a... Uh, <laughs> I know we seem to have gotten duck season. I know it seems, yeah, not really. Uh, it's kind of warm for duck season, but there's a lot of water everywhere. But it is. It's a. Uh, it, it's been an interesting day here at my house. So uh, I was kind of thinking about yesterday. We had a spectacular duck hunt yesterday. You really want to talk about this again? Oh well, it's been par for the course for me the last week or so. Well. Not only did we get up and make the three-hour drive to... It's two hours. Okay. Not three. It's two. All right. Either way. We, we made the drive. 2.30, got there at 4.30. Made the drive to Vicksburg. Got up there at one of our fabulous WMAs. We had a game plan. We thought we were ready. Solid game plan. Got out, got waiters on, got set up. And the fella over the deal decided to announce with three trucks and boats there that he was not going to allow us to go through and launch boats because we would damage. We would wash his gravel out. Damage property. Yeah. So. Yeah, all our, 40 of us that was there. No, not really. It was only three boats. But our game plan got readjusted real fast, and we had to go to plan. What was that plan? That G, wasn't even a plan. Technically? That wasn't even a plan. So. uh saw a sunrise yeah and we did we got to see a few ducks flying over yeah uh, real thank high good, thank goodness woodies. For, thank goodness for wood ducks yeah a couple wood rows it, it's probably like our guest you know they normally are big on wood ducks so it, it kind of rolled into that but yeah let let me tell you a little bit about what i've had today got to the office early this morning got everything kind of rolling on along with you went lunch. to work today i did smart oh, man. got over there had to go put out some hay for the cows got the hay for the cows out come back plumber's pulling up at mama's her septic tank's been messing up a little bit they had no idea where a septic tank was so i had to stop and help them out you had well, to find it yeah wound up i i had to grab a shovel and and go to digging and we finally found a clean out and they were able to get it fixed so after after working on the sewage system for a little while mm. i came over here to the house put out some hay and had a calf that wasn't looking kind of puny so tried to get newborn. it up. newborn newborn yeah newborn born yesterday and the uh the mama was a little snorty needless to say there at first mm-hmm. had to run the truck in between me and her and the calf to yeah to make sure i didn't get <laughs> run over you were protected and uh got the calf to move around a little bit had to run up to the co-op and get some milk and come back mix the thing colostrum and got back over there i shot a video of it i put it on facebook a little while ago but she she got snorty at me one time and started coming real close, and I thought we were going to have us a, a short enough rodeo. No, it wasn't going to be a standoff. <laughs> it was going to be a, a it was going to be an old guy moving quick. Hopefully, she may stand and you're off. Huh? But uh, baby calf, he got about a about an inch of milk out of that bottle, and all of a sudden he shook his head like he it had hit his system just right, and he perked up and got him situated around, and he went to nursing. So hopefully. We'll have to keep an eye on him over the next couple of days yep. with all this rain. And, but to be honest, I'm kind of glad we're not having any cold weather because if we were having cold yeah. weather, he'd be in in my shop over He'd be here. in the studios with us? Yeah, he'd be, getting, he'd be getting babied a little bit trying to keep him oh. alive, and she would not be happy. I'd have to listen to her low all night. Yeah. What about 
the LSU Tigers. Man, my Tigers showed out. National champion. Well, it was a it was a it was a heck of a ball game. Oh, it was. was a, I mean, Clemson's a great team, man. But boy, I tell you what, LSU. I told a buddy of mine this day, that has got to be the best college football team I've ever witnessed. That best season I've ever seen. I mean, it's just, definitely one of. I, I think I, I think I was in on part of a conversation where we were talking about you know some of the teams from the nineties, you know Miami, Colorado. Right, but I mean you know, the teams, teams that LSU showing sure enough good teams. But the teams that LSU had to beat to get to where they were. 15 and 0. They and probably had to beat they had to beat a, seven top 10 teams, I mm-hmm. think it was. I mean, that's pretty that's doggone impressive. And beat their I think their last five games they won in double digits. So, that was uh that's pretty impressive. I mean, it was a, it was a great season for LSU. I was glad to see them do it. Have you watched any of the interviews? No, I hadn't. I hadn't watched any right, as other an, than what they had last night, right? As an game. LSU fan, I always, you know, I like to watch and you know, I mean, I I can be a Dabo Sweeney fan without oh, yeah. any problem. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, they did an interview with him and uh, Old Sunshine. Yeah, and very very classy act. Oh yeah, I mean no doubt. Just, just everything he said. He he praised the good Lord. He praised the university. He praised mm-hmm. all of his players. He oh, praised LSU act. and talked about what a wonderful program they had and how you know how they had really acted and responded to everything. And mm-hmm. I mean nothing negative. Just said they you know it wasn't his night and yeah. They they had some some miscues and some things that could have gone better that didn't go right, but nothing, sure. you yeah, know, n- nothing really classy guy. Yeah, I mean, really, really my kind of fellow. Yeah, it seemed like that was the two most deserving teams to be there, and and they they displayed it on the field last night. In my yeah, opinion. great ball game, great mm-hmm. ball game. Uh, Luke and I were watching it together, and where he got to playing two hundred questions, and it was like, baby, I hate to tell you this, but either you can. You can sit over here and watch the game with me, or you can go back there in the back and talk to yourself. But we, I'm done playing 200 questions. I can't watch the ball game for listening to your next question about you know why they're wearing purple and gold, or or why why do they have this on that part of their uniform? Or but now one thing I didn't get: they had 2020 across the shirt, right, for the 2019 season. Well, it's a 2020 championship. They, they, the championship is labeled every year of what year they play it in. Okay. I mean, and it, I wondered the same thing because I thought it had been 2019 champion. Now, I asked this. It was a couple months ago, maybe. I'm like, this may be the, this be the 2019 championship. Like, and somebody else told me, like, no, they played it in January. I'm like, no, it's the 2019 season. But whatever year they win the championship in, that's the championship. That's the championship team. So Educated me right there. Yeah, I learned, it, uh, educated myself on that, too. But anyway, we got us a couple guys. Like one of them, we've already talked to, oh uh, Scott. But we got us a, our North Carolina friends with us tonight. We do, and if you remember last time when we had Scott on with the, it was a red-haired mountain woman, Jesus in the mountain, yeah. red-haired mountain woman, and then how we had it last. I one? think that's what it was. He was talking about his good buddy Aaron, and said that we really needed to get them both on here together. So tonight we decided we would do that, uh, especially since we just got – I went and met them up in Arkansas, and we mm-hmm. had a, a, a friend hunt up there. And had yeah, a, I hate when they want to make that. Hang out and, I know I would have missed a lot of uh, stuff. Well, you're you're about to hear some of it tonight. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for me it's always interesting getting to meet folks. That, you know, you meet folks on social media and you talk to them or you talk to them on mm-hmm. the phone. It's not the same as meeting everybody face-to-face. So that was uh, that was really – Really, a lot of fun getting to go meet and hang out with these guys and getting a few hunts in and yeah, and kind of get to see how everybody's personality 
rolls around with everything. So, uh, Aaron Scott, are y'all there? We there? Yes, sir. I'm just sitting here listening to y'all talk about how much you love LSU. We <laughs> no. just culminate January when y'all are, you know, eight and five and Clemson back in the national championship again. We talk some more. Now you know, I don't think I even asked that last weekend. Are y'all Clemson fans? Not really, but they're close. The ACC and close enough to us. So I'm is that considered a bandwagoner? Maybe. Would I think that would make you a bandwagon rider? I think so. So which yeah, team I, I do like y'all pull for? Say again. Do y'all have a college team that you pull for? No, I don't. I like, I like ECU because we live about twenty miles from it. But there ain't no danger of them winning the national championship. Well, that's kind of like being a Mississippi State fan. No danger yeah, there either. Yeah, yeah. Well, Mississippi State yeah, just got a new coach. American Y'all got a whole new. I don't think they're yeah. be Power Five. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, after meeting y'all this weekend, I know that there's always some junk going on. So, what are y'all? What have y'all got cooking up today? Well, you know, we just—I've uh, been out here working myself to the bone, you know, trying to feed my family. Aaron's been playing around in the swamp duck hunt. Yeah, somebody got to shoot him. Let me ask you this, Aaron. So after this past weekend, is the swamp still as exciting? Nah, just to be honest with you, after this weekend, North Carolina sucks. I mean, that's <laughs> flat out. North Carolina's horrible. <laughs> All the people, you know, we got this Facebook page, you know, North Carolina Duck Hunters, and they keep on posting pictures of this and pictures of that. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Pictures of a whole lot of sunrises is what I've been saying. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to hurt their feelings and, like, you know, tell them, look, y'all really just don't even have a clue what you got going on. But, you know, I just let them let them ride on their little, you know, circus ride until, until they experience what we did the, the past weekend, and it'll crush their life, too. What? <laughs> crush their yeah, life? By, crush by the way, lives. y'all open this podcast... <laughs> That was funny. Whenever whenever we were talking on the group message, and then you got to all places of Tupelo, which is not known for the duck capital of Mississippi, I can tell you. Then you start talking about how many ducks. I said, this old boy may fall out whenever he crosses that Mississippi River. <laughs> well, I can say that was part of my entertainment this past weekend. Was getting I bet to- it was. It was kind of like looking at a child on Christmas morning. <laughs> that awestruck look. I mean, they, yeah. you know, it, it, it was uh, it was a lot of fun getting to hunt with you guys this past weekend. I thought y'all, yeah, they lived up to the hype. <laughs> oh, no doubt. And, oh and, man, and look, we had y'all had two two really good hunts. So you know, it wasn't. Uh, man, we we flat out rode down on them. Uh, I, I believe I believe we we may not have killed every duck in Arkansas, but I believe we killed everyone in, in whatever county we were in. <laughs> Scott, well, did old Double Barrel get heated up a little bit? Oh man, she was hot to trot, buddy. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, she she about quit on me. I think she she she's tired, so I, I brought her back to North Carolina. Everything's gonna be all right. She'll get 
Yeah, and I live out the rest of the season, shooting one or two times a day. She had to recover. She she got twenty eight dicks. I mean, now hold on, that's what I was like. If we come here, yeah, yeah, I heard him. I'm I'm still not buying all that, but uh, (laughs) I mean, hey, the reality of it is, I went hunting this afternoon. He didn't even go. Whatever ducks hit the water, Scott shot him. (laughs) <laughs> he shot me. He wasn't even there, but he still got gets the claim on. Scott is one of those guys. Mm. Oh, you, no doubt. I mean, he look, he shot y'all's ducks. Y'all don't know it yet. Aaron, I'm gonna tell you this. The only thing I was trying to figure out this weekend is if that shotgun was fairly new and if he was trying to get all the misses out on it on one trip. <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's not it's not brand new. So, if you pull the trigger and a duck falls, you kill it. That's the number one rule of duck hunting. Even if five other men shot? It doesn't make no difference. They all killed it. Scott, you killed it. Whoever wants it, you can be anything you want to when you're duck hunting, Jacob. Well, see, when the game warden asks, I only shot mine. Yeah. Well, when he asks me, I'm going to tell him I didn't shoot none. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to shoot him. You may have to do it. I, I hunted with a guy like that. Um, it's been several years ago. I mean, I don't even know if this guy even shot one time. He's like, all right, I got that one. I got that one. I said, go I ahead. Like all right, go, go, go pick it up. So he picked it up and then he got six over here on his lanyard. I said, unload your gun. And he just looked at me. You're done. I was like, no, you, you said See, you shot him. I don't pick him up. Unload your gun. You're done. Well, he just sat over there and pouted. He sat over there and pouted and unloaded his gun. And then we, I like. Which I know we killed one or two of them, but he he wanted to claim them. Go ahead. Yeah, we'll keep. So we don't have that you problem. don't claim them until after you get back to the house. <laughs> yeah, well, so we we don't have that problem of when you get to six ducks because around here you don't ever get to six, six ducks. ducks. You see, that's what you saw on a week flying waiting for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we kill six around here. We we don't we don't argue about it. We just eat them and have fun. Y'all have called the the local yeah. paper. <laughs> oh, yeah, thanks, thanks yeah. Th- things getting intense. We got that many. <laughs> well, well, have y'all eaten any of what we were able to take last weekend yet? Yeah, I haven't yet. Yeah, matter of fact, I, I cooked some this evening. I made a, a roast, and then Dad's over there making gumbo. Mm-hmm. I didn't get a phone call, text message. You still working? Event invite. No, well, I haven't guessed it first. I want to be sure it was safe to eat. I mean, right. I'm looking out for you. They get you one of them magnets. It tastes pretty good, so if you'd like to come over now, that's fine. Now that they're all gone, you're welcome to ride over. Now, listen, I got one thing to say. Everybody, everybody who I see on Facebook, I want to go ahead and, and make it known how I feel right here. Because I see these guys on Facebook all the time talking about, ain't no ducks in Arkansas, no water, no ducks. I want to go ahead and set the record straight right here on the Outdoor Country Talk podcast. There's two things in Arkansas that I know for sure. There's water and there's ducks. Put your truck and hit the road, Jack. This man also says about Tupelo, Mississippi, too. (laughs) 
<laughs> this man also now Scott, I'm gonna tell on you here now. I, I think I told you this Go weekend ahead. I was going to, but he looked at me at one point. We had tried to creep up on what we thought were some spoonies. Uh-huh. The man's whole <laughs> passion his ambition, his was, ambition was to get a fine drake spoonie. He wanted to mount one. He he just this was his goal for the weekend. Well, we get up there and he and I are creepy down the little old bar ditch and we've we found some on the property we had access to hunt and we thought it was spoonies and we get up there and it's two it's a pair of mallards get up and they fly off and oh, they were man. And the man doesn't shoot. And I'm like, Hey he said, All I'm trying to find is a spoonie, oh. and all I keep coming up with is these darn trashy mallards. Darn mallards. <laughs> I like to fell down. I like to fell on the levee laughing when the man said he was after a spoonie, and all he could find was a doggone mallard. He left North Carolina in search of the spoonbill. <laughs> on an epic journey. Mm-hmm. Let me add to this. <laughs> they get up and leave the last morning. And the place we were staying at had access to a hole behind it where you could go hunt. Mm-hmm. You, you paid for your night's room, and you also yeah. you had access to a blind back there behind you. And I got up at four with them. They were getting out of there at four and said goodbyes, and you know told everybody it's nice to meet them. And decided, well, I'm gonna get me a shower. And I said, you know, that blind's right back there, a couple hundred yards. I'll walk back there. Yeah. Daylight breaks. Looking at my watch. Shooting time comes, and bump a call just a little bit. As soon as I do, I hear. And what do you think lands right oh, Hollywood in the middle? Himself. Hollywood himself. Sat down right in the middle of the decoys. And I'm like, got to shoot him. <laughs> <laughs> These boys, I sent Scott a picture. What, Scott? Two hours after y'all left? Two and a half hours after y'all <laughs> left? Yeah, right at three, I guess it was a little after shooting lights. So it was like, look what I got here. <laughs> now, he wasn't a really pretty one. No, he, he wasn't. Now, so you he, sent me the picture. He was a juvie bird for sure, but. <laughs> but it was like you know this man has searched high now, now to backtrack now y'all did get one the first morning or two the first afternoon when y'all drove in and hunted with that guide that uh on that goose hunt y'all well, actually picked up some teal and uh and the other one was a gv so i didn't shoot them oh he was aging them yeah <laughs> on the wing on the wing it wasn't what he's after so he didn't shoot those that's right I'm sure he shot him, but he didn't shoot him. Yeah. I'm sure he shot him. I didn't shoot him. I shot on the rest of them, but not then. Well, guys, I didn't waste my tag. Walk us through this. Y'all have been hunting together and hanging out together for quite a while. Walk us through how y'all kind of got to know each other and got to hanging out, got into hunting together, and and y'all have a y'all even have a call building sir, uh, company that y'all do together. So kind of walk us through that if y'all don't mind. Aaron, where do you want to start at? I would start at the beginning, I guess. <laughs> the best place to start. Well, a few years ago, I was planning a youth rally, and I had rented out a school building to do it in, and. Uh, I, I was looking, I put on Facebook that I was looking for somebody to build me a pulpit that mm-hmm. I could tote around with me, you know, carry to different places. 
And, uh, well, his wife and me went to school together. Now, you got me and him grew up uh, two miles from each other. I didn't even know him. Yep. But me and his wife went to school together. And uh, she messaged me. She said, look, my husband's pretty handy. You know, he likes to do this. Da, 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 da. So I got in touch with him. And uh, he actually hooked me up with another guy that ended up building the thing. And uh, we kind of started talking. And right, right shortly after that, duck season started. And I knew that he had a big old swamp on his place. And uh, so I shot him a message. I said, look, man, we're going to go down here duck hunting. If, you know, if you let us go, if you want to go with us, come on. And uh, and he, he did. And that first day, keep, it, we keep, it for, day uh, keep in mind, at this point, I had never duck hunted a day in my life. I'd always, I was one, I was a hardcore deer hunter. And I had all, all the folks around here, you know, the locals that were duck hunters, who all you know, the, the highfalutin rich crowd, you know, that, you know, right. they just, you know, the attitudes and this and that, you know, it's just a certain group. It seem like something a fool man would do. Yeah, and so I always told everybody, see, yeah, I, I'm not for the duck gun thing. Yeah, it's just not my cup of tea or whatever. So at that point, I just said I was going with him just to go. Continue. Yeah, and, and what we probably saw four birds that first day. I think I fired one shot. We're standing in moist grass in a dried-up swamp. And, uh, and when we left that day, he he said, "Man, I like this. This is all right right here." Well, from there, next thing you know, man, we buying decoys, getting getting land permissions. We going here, going there, mm-hmm. and that first year, <laughs> and we hunted together. We didn't kill many, but we had a darn good time at it. And that was the rest of history, man. We just uh, it just worked, and then one day. I had been picking around on, on making some duck calls, but I, I was just buying the parts and tuning them, you know, like buying echo inserts and buying barrels and just, just fiddling around with it. And I got to showing it to him, and uh, and he said, you know, I, I, I believe I could, I believe I could make one of these. So, next thing you know, we got a lathe, and I'll never forget the first duck call that man ever made. I've, I've still got it. And sitting in a bag in my gun cabinet, the first barrel he ever made, he grabbed it. He ain't never run a lathe before. He grabbed a hook to the gouge and just went to work. And when he came out the other side of it, he handed that to me. I said, "Buddy, we own something right here. We we we, yeah, we yeah. done got a hold of something right here." And uh, and also the the first lathe we ever had wasn't yeah. even it wasn't purchased for the sake of doing. The duck calls. It was just my dad had a good friend of his that he used to work with, and he had a uh, a shop smith Mark Five, and he was like, "Hey, you know, I got this. This is my way. I'm not using it. Do you, you know, can do y'all want it? Put it in your shop, you know, whatever." He's like, "I sell it to giant, you know, for a couple hundred bucks. Pretty big one, you know, giant furniture laid." Yeah, he's like, "Yeah, I sell it to you for a couple hundred bucks." And my dad asked me, he's like, "Hey, you want to get this? You know, do your shop smith? He said, you know, we can use it for whatever it is." Things like a drill press, you just lay this, that, you know, all the different things. He said, it's been all the attachments. He said, you know, you want to just get it, and then you'll have it. And I was like, sure, sure, let's get it. And then I think I think we got it, and then maybe the next week, 
was when the whole built car conversation really started. And it was just wide open. Since then, I don't know, I don't know how many we made, but it's been a bunch. We got them all over the country. Uh, not that we, not that we we've, we've uh, made a million dollars on it or anything, but we we've got them spread out all over the country anyhow. Uh, well, that's kind of how you we, get everything uh, rolling, isn't it? Sometimes it starts off a little slow and then it picks up. And oh yeah, word spread, oh, and all yeah, of a sudden we, you got them scattered out. We, uh, it's been fun, man. We met a lot of people through it. And, you know, made a lot of made a lot of good connections, and, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, man, me and old Aaron Jones just stuck together. Uh, here we are. Well, now, for folks that don't know y'all and, and, you know, me getting to hang out with y'all this past weekend, I realized that apparently y'all have been you know, married for like 40 <laughs> years or something. It would seem that way. It, it does seem that way, the way y'all kind of bicker and go back at each other. And I'm not sure everybody understands because even, even in the crowd that we were with with y'all's family, it seemed like some people got nervous when y'all kind of got wound up at each other, and I was over rolling laughing at y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and going well, back know, and that, forth. That, I was like, man, this, is, is, this is par for the course. A lot of times, if we just say what we want to say and kick it back and forth for a little while, a good idea will come out the other end of it eventually. What's that? Uh, you know, <laughs> and ain't neither one of us never been wrong. Well, <laughs> and we don't get to be right. Yeah. We don't get to be right at home with our wives, so we try to be right with each other. You know. Well, I happen to be witness to one of these snazzy ideas, and I don't. I don't know if it held too much merit by the time we got done with it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man. Beaver waiter. I know where we're going with this. The beaver waiter idea started off kind of plausible by it's the end of idea. it. I, <laughs> I think the unique features of it are the best part. Uh, Man, listen. Well, you gotta you gotta think these things through, man. You know, Aaron wants to put the fur on the inside, but I think you keep the fur on the outside. Number one, we don't know that a beaver is waterproof from the inside out. We're gonna have to scientifically prove that out. And number two, if you put him on the inside, then you can't leave his feet on with the little toenails hanging out the outside of. Him. What if you got to climb a tree? Where are y'all duck hunting that you'd need to climb a tree? Well, well, we did, well, you saw us just the other day. There's turtles up in the tree. You never know. There's tur- All right. Uh, I, yeah, tell, I saw a silhouette a that I could, if I stared at it long enough, I could make it out to a turtle. But I also know someone shot at it, and it never moved. So, Well, he was a bad shot. <laughs> well... <laughs> I did. I did miss that goose. So I, I wasn't going to say it. I was going to leave you alone with the goose. <laughs> no, well, let's go and put it out there, man. Heck, yeah, put it out there. Let's, let's go twice. Get it hot. Missed twice and then blamed yeah, you for shooting twice. it. You didn't even have a gun. Well, if I'd have had a third one, I'd have missed three times. That's right. See, they, I shot that one and didn't even take my gun. Yeah, he was blaming you. The way, and, I, the way I saw it, he did. No, I leaned around and shot it, but he, you sure went to jumping on Aaron about shooting it when he, <laughs> and then Aaron had to track it down by hand later. That's the right, on the foul lines. Yeah, <laughs> on the he's, he's a tough one. Snatched power lines down and everything. All right, we're going to have to go ahead and air that out now. Yes, 
at the bottom of the web foot on a goose, there is something that resembles a toenail. Yeah. But they do oh, not the, sit on power lines that we know. It's a toenail. He's got claws on it. <laughs> How you think they catch fish? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> good. <laughs> You gotta thank these things too, man. Look, we yeah. well in in case anybody doesn't know, we on our trip to Arkansas this past weekend, we we're sitting there Friday night and all of a sudden we realized that there's tornadoes headed our way with that front that was moving through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and about one o'clock that morning I woke up, got to looking around, had an alert going off on my phone and the guy that's in the twin bed over across the room never moves. Wasn't bothering him. Wasn't bothering him. Well, about four o'clock that morning. About four o'clock that morning, we wake everybody up and ask Aaron. Said, "Man, did you hear that storm last night? Man, it was beating against that window by your head." He said, "What storm?" (laughs) Didn't bother him either. So uh, I only heard it because the TV went off. (laughs) When the power went off, was about time you realized that something wasn't right. Yeah. 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 That's when all of us walking up down the hallway talking about, "Hey." Oh, yeah, that was the worst yeah. part. Uh, two or three of them had CPAP machines, so when the power oh, went wow. out, they two couldn't breathe. Of <laughs> and uh, one, of them, one of them said it woke him up. He just snatched his mask off and went back to sleep. And the other one said he couldn't go back to sleep. So uh, <laughs> it was it was interesting for sure. Mm. But had, anyway, what he's trying to say is, the reason why the power went out is real simple. There was a whole bunch of geese on the power line, and when that wind got to blowing, it caught them in the wings. They pushed them wings out and snatched that power line right slam out in the ground. Eight or nine poles. the poles right off. Snap. Them dang geese. Was that the I'm geese that we saw at the end of the rainbow? That's why they said that's the whole purpose of the conservation season. They're trying to get rid of them so people can get the power knocked out. Exactly. That's the reason for conservation season? You think the power company's putting up the money on conservation season to keep (laughs) the lines and the poles protected? If if they're smart, they are. (laughs) I mean, really, you know, if I were them, I'd be supplying people with shells and guns and be like, hey, help us out. You know, you help me out here. You're going to see us next year when we come back to Arkansas, we're going to be sponsored by you know, uh, Duke Energy Power Company, whoever it is, <laughs> right. gives y'all power out there. I think Goose most of that line was, I, I want to say that most of that line was energy that we saw down, or it could be, I, I'm not Their 100% hunt. sure, but. Conservation Goose Hunt brought to you by the electric company. <laughs> See? Keep power lines safe. Yeah. Kill a goose, save a power line. Well, you know, we talked to uh, talked to a good friend of ours. He's been on the show before uh, today that were or yesterday that works with the power company, and he said they actually had transmission poles, the big metal structures down up through the north part of Mississippi. So it wasn't just where we were at got hit. Apparently, it was a good bit That's of the north. Of geese. Darn geese! Learn a lot of geese take down a metal tra- a steel transmission yeah. pole. Yeah, I got quite a, a few. I mean, they got to be a whole, a whole group of them. But you have to admit this right here. Numbers. You have to admit this. When we killed that goose, I showed you his foot. 
And you seen there was toenails on the bottom of his feet. They dig them toenails deep in the metal lines. Is that? I'm telling. You. Apparently, y'all got Jeremy convinced on this. That's exactly what he's it. he's bought in hook, line, and toenail. Yep. Makes sense to I'm gonna start selling goose toenails next. I'm well, gonna start keeping my my goose and duck toenails. That's why I'm, that's gonna be my trophy. Forget a mallard curl. Well, y'all should have brought back plenty of mallard curls. There was a whole bag full of them. Yeah, they, this they've been, they've been, they've been dispersed against the, uh, the neighborhood children. They're all running around with a bunch of curls sticking in their hair. <laughs> well, let me tell you what my wife done. I come home after 2,000 miles and a weekend of being young. Come home, I see all the children in there hiding when I'm walking up on the window, you know, like they're going to surprise me. I open the door, and there stands my wife, and she has cut about a foot off her hair. Okay, and what was the? I mean, it looks she good. did it because she was mad at you, or no, no, she's trying to surprise me. She's being nice. But see, the last time I did that, she threw me out. The last time you cut a foot off your hair. Say what now? The last time you cut a foot off your hair, she surprised you and threw you well, it out? It wasn't a foot, but it was close to it. <clears throat> no, what happened was, I used to have long, flowing hair, you know, like uh, Thor. You know, mm. that's what I look like. <laughs> in, hair, and, uh, in hair only. Huh? In hair only, yeah. in well, that, to that reference. Well, yeah, he, the rest of him don't look as good. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Just so that folks will look at this podcast, that's going to be the picture. We're going to have a picture of you and a picture of Thor on the front cover of it. And we'll let everybody else. We'll have a running poll. on. So Nobody's going to know which one's which, though. You think, yeah, you know, can you tell these two apart, yes or no? And we'll, well, like I say, well, y'all, y'all, y'all might want to rethink that. All the way around. <laughs> we got a but six anyway. foot five and a five foot six. Can you tell the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Thor and baby Thor. So we uh anyhow I had long hair and one day I left the house well while I was gone I went to the barber shop and got my head shaved. I ain't had long hair for years. And uh well when I walked in the house she was pregnant with our first daughter and uh she was a little temperamental. Well she surprised you didn't I walked she? In the, yeah, she I walked in the house and she looked at me and she took one look at me and she said First thing she said to me was, put your hat on, that's ugly. And then the second thing she said to me was, get out and don't come back till your hair grows back. Hmm. Well, you must have been real ugly. <laughs> that's all I can gather out of that. <laughs> Man. I don't know if it was being ugly. She probably told him to put, put the hat over his face, not his head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, you, know, you have gave a lot of other reasons to throw me out of that time, so. Probably just a good excuse. <laughs> well, y'all, I got something I want to throw in here, interject in here. The uh, uh, y'all had you had Aaron's daddy, you had Aaron's father-in-law, mm-hmm. Aaron's mm-hmm. brother-in-law. I'm trying yep, to think, and then and then the, the family friend. 
Yep, and a friend, yep. and then me as an outsider. Yep. Glenn. Glenn, that's right. And uh, I think over the weekend there were a lot of funny things said, but I'm going to go this way, and y'all can correct me or, or, or interject however y'all want to, but Aaron's daddy was winning the one-liner contest. Oh, that's what the hell we do. <laughs> the, the evening where we're sitting at the table when y'all would fix the spaghetti and stuff, and we're sitting there, and I don't remember, we were talking about kids and, and how sometimes they, they get a little too big for their britches and how they, they think they're smarter than they are. And he just throws out there, he said, yeah. He said, well, about when Aaron hit 13, he just went completely stupid. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna go with yeah. We're gonna go with the PT version. He said when he got to do thirteen, he went dumb as crap. <laughs> but the funniest and part all, to me this was all derived on me trying to be nice because when we were walking, he's seventy five. We were walking through the swamp, and he, I mean, just like his second time in his entire life duck hunting. The first time we pulled up to a place where you had a nice narrow path, and you walked right up to the bottom. Uh, yeah, it could be that. Well, but I mean, the first one, he walked right up to the back of the blind, stepped in. So, where we're at, you know, the weekend, walking through, you know, walking through the water, and there's underwater stumps and limbs and whatnot. So, I'm trying to look out for him. I told him, I said, don't, you know, don't try to go too fast. Just take baby steps, small steps. And he said to my brother in law, he said, ha, ha, ha. He said, I, he forgets. I taught that a hole how to walk. <laughs> so, that's how it all started. I was telling him to take baby steps, and he said that he, I had forgotten that he's the one that taught me how to walk. Yeah, he let you know real and quick he didn't need advice from you because he was the one that taught you how to walk. Oh, yeah. And then that's when he brought up the thing talking about, he said, you know, when I turned 15, uh, 13, I turned down as crap. But I came back. I made full circle. I came back around. Well, well, see, the best... he, wins, he wins the one line of battles because he's so old. Nobody can't say nothing to him. I don't know. Y'all sure came I mean, back at him an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> But the best part to me on the one-liner on the <coughs> on the becoming dumb at thirteen was he never actually stated that you had gotten any smarter. That's true. I, mean, I can't. I can't argue that. I hang out with Scott. That's a, a valid point. How you think you got hooked up with me? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think he's accurate. You know what, man? We do a lot of dumb stuff. We do a lot of ill-advised things. I mean, you know, but I just say, you know, you only live once, man. I mean, we hunted ducks in a lightning storm on Friday morning. We <laughs> stared death in the face. It was great. You know, but I just figured if you're going to get hit by a lightning bolt or a tornado or something like that, it's just that it was inevitable. You know, it's like Final Destination. You run from it. But if you think you get hit by a lightning bolt, buddy, it's your time to go. <laughs> uh, I mean, it was going to happen. Well, but if you also think that one time you look like Thor, then lightning bolts don't scare you. No, not when I got my hammer. <laughs> and you did, hammer. <laughs> uh, I do carry a hammer in my blind bag and nails. Hmm. For what purpose? Well, cause okay, cause every tree in the swamp where we hunt is dead. They ain't got no limbs on them. You need to hang stuff up. You got to have a hammer and nails. 
What about a screw-in step? Uh, they don't work that well. Not around here. It's too complicated. He had a trees are rotten. That's too complex anyway. I can take out that hammer nail, bang, bang, boom, you got yourself a gun rack. Yeah, I was just thinking of carrying one item instead of multiple. Well, it's just, you know, ten penny nails, man, handful of them. Good Lord, you're driving deal. ten penny. No wonder all the trees are dead. <laughs> <coughs> That's the old. Well, actually, I've been I've been carrying eight D's right here lately. I feel like they're more effective. Rain shanks. Hmm. See, y'all worry about what kind of shields you're gonna buy. I worry about what kind of nails I'm gonna carry. Right. I just buy the little screw in the screw in things or the the strap that has the hooks hanging off of it like I let you daddy use the other day. That's how I can get done with it. I can use one of those. That's too much line work. Uh, he did send me a, uh, Aaron, he did send me a message tell me thank you for uh, being considerate to him and trying to help him out on the hunt this weekend. I thought that was awful nice of him. Yeah, he, he, he said he thank you. Tall, he does Yeah, he does talk. Well, he ain't going to. He ain't do nothing. <laughs> he he got a soft side. He he, he can yeah, he can do a little soft every once in a while. You ever get you ever get into crying? You know, turn on the waterworks. Yeah. He only does that. Well, no, he did he did cry. Out. He did cry when we come out of, when we were coming out of the out of the uh, place the other day when we were hunting the other morning Friday morning. He he was crying the other morning because he said that was one of the best one of the best days he had ever had. Hey, look, man, the, I had done said that, that the first afternoon was the best day I ever had. Then Friday, yet I'd had a heart attack. <laughs> well, I do know that when I offered him my shoulder, uh, you know, he was shuffling on in that morning. And, and I told him, I said, hey, look, you know, let me finish getting these decoys together. And if you want to hold on to my shoulder, you know, we'll kind of ease in together. And he looked and he said, well, he said, I'm going to use that, that pair of big shoulders behind you. You know, the other Scott was standing back here behind me and he's a little bit bigger than I am. Mm-hmm. And, he said, we kind of walk at the same speed. And I got to laughing. I said, okay, well, that sounds good. Well, I took off tromping trying to go up there and get decoys thrown out. And when I get almost to where I'm going, I trip and fall and bust my rear end. <laughs> I put about, a, about <laughs> two, two gallons of water in my waders. Mm-hmm. And when I'm, he eased he, around he, over by me and he gets kind of set up, he said, I'm glad I wasn't holding on to you. <laughs> Man, he when Jake fell, he fell, he caught himself. Because as soon as he fell, I was behind him. And I started kind of going forward, going to grab him by the waiter strap. And he caught himself, and I kind of let off. And then he fell, he went down then. He was like, <laughs> he almost had it. And then he was like, nope, I'm going in the water. See y'all later. Bloop. And yonder he went too. I don't know what was up under that water, but whatever it was had a hold of him. <laughs> uh, and well, I think the weight of first, the weight of my gun, the blind bag, and the decoys thrown over me. I was just top heavy, so <laughs> when I started, there wasn't any there wasn't any catching it. And it's not the first time I've fallen, and I'm pretty sure it won't be the last. So, but thank goodness it wasn't twelve degrees, and no doubt. If you'd had some, if you'd had some in banded waders like I got, you could have went swimming and got back out and still been dry. <laughs> mm. 
According to Duck South, that's something I'm, to make. First time I fell in, I want to say it was, it was about 22 degrees that day, that morning I went in, I fell in. And uh, I tried to tough it. That was the first, the first season that I had hunted. And I tried to tough it out for a little while. I made it about, it was 22 degrees, I made it about 22 minutes. <laughs> and I told her, I told the boys, I said, look, hey, but y'all double. I said, but I got to go. I said, half of me is froze. The other half is, is on the way to freezing. I said, we got to go. So, well, we got we got some business we need to attend to right here. We got something we need to discuss while we got everybody on this, this here podcast. Uh, now, last time I was here, we ended on a discussion about a monkey in the duck swamp and y'all thought I was lying but I have on this podcast right now a witness to the monkey in the tree in the, in the duck swamp Aaron Jones was there and saw it with his own two eyeballs what we believe to be a monkey we'll say it like that um, it, it, it's not I really have no physical evidence yet. It was a monkey. I could, yeah, exactly. I, I can neither, yeah, prove it nor deny. I'm telling you, there's a monkey. It hopped on his hind legs with opposable thumbs. It did not look like a squirrel, a coon, none of the critters that hang out in the woods right here. I'm telling you, the man shot at a monkey. Of course, I missed him. Because I thought he's come over to get us. I'm starting to think that missing. I, mean, I don't know what a monkey can do. That missing thing seems to be quite. It seems to follow him. I don't. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all. But that's the serious it's business real, that man. we need to work out. Is that almost like the geese on the power line? No. Well, look. First of all, I saw the goose on the power line with my own eyeballs, but nobody else saw it. And I tried to get Aaron to turn around and look at it, but we was too close to the, to the hunting hole, so he wouldn't turn around. But I can't prove that one. This the, the monkey I have a witness on. Yeah, yeah, I, I vouch for him. I will vouch for him in the book store. Go ahead and tell the whole story so we can see if the facts line up. We uh, hunting in White Oak Swamp. It's open day that it's hot. Humid. We done trucked through the mud a quarter million miles, dragging two kayaks in the gear. We're sitting back there. Ain't seen a whole lot. I think we shot maybe one or two, one or two wood ducks. Sitting in there. We hear something hopping through the trees, breaking limbs, crunching and whatnot. It comes hopping along and it gets on a tree that fell over about 20 yards in front of us, laid over at an angle, old gum tree. This bad boy is hopping through breaking limbs and stuff. And when he hits the bottom of that thing, because we both at that point said, what the heck is that? When he hit the bottom of that tree and started running up the tree, standing up on his hind legs, going up the tree. And he commits shooting. Boom. Blew the bark off. This thing kind of staggered a little bit. Boom. Shot again. Knocked the bark again right beside him. And they just kept right on going, hopping off through the woods, breaking limbs all the way out. I'm telling you. Full-fledged monkey. It was a now, do y'all have a monkey. a monkey season in North Carolina? Not that I know of, but we're, we're, we're starting a petition. Change.org. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all sign on. 
I'm gonna put in for the draw. I got a good buddy, man. It's Dame Woods, and uh, I talked to him about regular. And I asked Allison something. I said, "Look, I said, yes, can we get a much season? Because they're around here. I just said they're working on it. <laughs> so well, they're looking at He into was it. in disbelief, also. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Well, could be. It would. It would seem that way. Yes. They ain't got to believe. Really. I mean, seeing is believing, and, and I've seen it. That's all I say. Well, look, guys, before we get off here, we're, we're kind of running down to the last couple minutes here, but y'all, I think that that through this, y'all are going to have to, one of the guys y'all talked to me about this past weekend, and I got to see some videos that y'all been posting of him. It, it seems like he's quite a character to take into the woods. Do y'all want to tell anything on, on Chris? I know he didn't make the trip, but... <laughs> I, I got to see some videos what, what, this first, weekend. First of all, be more specific. What you want us to tell? <laughs> That's up to y'all. I mean, y'all can tell about his uh, his love of clowns, or uh, the flinchiness he has on loud noises, or uh, his love of well, a good see, story. I'll, I'll say this. I will say this on his behalf. Being he's not here to defend himself, I will say this. Of all the craziness. And he is wild. I mean, you want to get him on here one day and have a, a full go with him, you can because he can, I mean, he's going to say some stuff and you just going to be totally blown away. But we went hunting this afternoon, and we give him a lot of grief about being much worse of a shot than Getting the loaded guns. Yeah, I mean, he, he's the world's worst. I would say if you go hunting 10 Saturdays, Nine out of ten, the first bird he pulls on, he's going to go click, and he's like, crap, I forgot to pull one in. Yeah. But we went down there this afternoon, and there we saw quite a few birds. But every bird that got shot today was on, on him. I I didn't. I pulled the trigger one time and missed. Everything got shot today, he was on point, but he was just throwing down. So Chris I give him credit on that living one. Proof. Chris is living proof. That you cannot hurt an 870 by dry fire. That's right. Absolutely. Because he has clicked that gun at least a thousand times. Every every time you you be in the swamp and some wood duck some duck in there, and and all of a sudden you hear boom 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 click, dang gum it. <laughs> you know that's Chris. He done forgot to put a shell in the chamber. Well, yeah. Where did he develop he is, the? He is a character. I mean, we could. We could go on for days. I mean, oh, yeah. the, most, the mysterious catfish that he's afraid of. animals. Yeah, terrorizing. He's got a he's got a kingfisher that follows him from every blind he's ever hunted in. He's got a kingfisher that tracks him down and stands over his shoulder, making that little chirp noise, just trying to terrorize him and scare him to death. I mean, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the amazing. Only duck hunter I ever met scared a duck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We will tell that story real quick. So. We take him down there to the coast. This is uh, this was the first the first year we was hunting. He that was his first year duck hunting. Too. Took him to the coast down there with Scott's cousin, right there in the middle of the sound. We're hunting me a bufflehead and we all the, the diver ducks out there. So he's sitting out there, and uh, Scott's got a I guess it'd be your a cousin, second cousin, whatever, but. His name is Bryson. He's like 12, 13 years old at the time. He is, I mean, he is spot on. This kid is, 
If a bird's flying, he's going to see it 150 miles up the water. He's going to see it coming at him. And when it gets there, he's going to shoot him. I mean, he's 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 good. Yeah, and he tell you what it is for. We'll be looking around don't even see anything in sight. And they'll say, oh, yeah, that's above me. I mean, he can see them, and he can take them out. Absolute killer. So we're down there. He's just blasting them. I mean, he, birds fall all over the place. Finally, he says, oh, there's a you know, buffalo head's coming in right there. And Chris says, let me shoot him. And he's like, ah. So everybody kind of pulls back a little bit. Chris jumps up, you know, group goes, boom, 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 boom. He shoots both heads. He tickled to death. So we're like, go get the bird. You know, out there in the middle of the town, nobody takes a dog. You just, you know, waste deep water or less. Everybody goes, get out steps on both ends, go down, walk out there, get your bird, come back. So we're like, so go get your bird. And he walks out there to this little buffalo head. He ended up just floating, bobbing around. Thought she was dead. Well, she wasn't quite dead. But she was crippled enough to the point she wasn't going anywhere. So... She just had her head in there. He walks up and goes to grab this bird and she picks her head up. And yeah, everybody's ever looked at you know, they got the little teeth looking fibers on the side of the beak, you know, bills. Looks like they got teeth, but they don't. This poor fella. This was the moment we realized that Chris was, in fact, afraid of live ducks. Yes. Now, this guy is 29 years old. Standing out there next to a buffalo head hen. Can't fly, can't swim, can barely pick her head up. And when he goes to reach for her and she picks her head up, he goes to Holland. And he turns around and says, what are you doing? And he's like, she's got teeth. <laughs> and we just, the whole blind erupts in laughter, you know. We just roll and laughing. And he was still standing. I was like, just grab her, Chris, grab her. And he's like, no, nah, she's going to bite me. She's going to bite me. Yeah, I mean, he's freaking out. And we're, everybody laughing, rolling, rolling, rolling. So finally, after everybody hollering at him, this goes on for like five, six minutes. He finally, we get him pumped up enough to actually grab his bird. He just grab her, wring her neck, and you know, it'd be over with. He, one, one solid motion, he never stopped moving. He reached, grabbed, as he made contact on that bird, he went to spinning like he trying to start one of them old cars. He starts spinning this bird, a little buff on him now, and he is spinning this joker for all he can spin. As he's spinning, next thing you know, he stops, and he's holding the bird to the head. The body then flew off and went, you know, another 25 yards over to the left. He's standing there holding the head and turns around and looks at us, and we're like, so go get the bird again. And he goes over and he gets the bird. So he finally makes it back to the blind, and he puts his head up there on top of him, and he says, I told y'all. And we're like, told us what? He's like, look at that bird sitting mouse. He's got teeth. And ever since then, any, any duck that's alive and he's got to put his hands on, his head, it has teeth. He's scared to death of them. <laughs> and the moral of the story is two new ones. And that'll be for another story, another time. Well, he wouldn't have, uh, he may not touch one of them geese at all, would he? Especially not with teeth, teeth and toenails. <laughs> He's been out. Ain't going to happen. Anything that pull power lines down. Look, Duck has teeth and he's scared of dark. It won't happen. He's never touching a goose. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're running out of time tonight. We appreciate y'all joining us for an episode. It's been Absolutely. good. 
It's been good. Hope you guys have a great rest of the duck season. Hope y'all kill many, many mallards up there in North Carolina. <laughs> or at least eight or ten more wood ducks. Alright, we hope all of you enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jack and Jeremy. God bless. Well, ain't nothing like a southern air. Lord, to make you feel alright I got the windows down I got the radio on